You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. again with another episode of the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast. Uh, make sure to check us out on wealthwithoutbaystreet.com as well as uh, get interactive with our Facebook page. Head on over to uh, facebook.com forward slash wealth without Bay Street. Um, super excited about the guest that we have here today. Uh, personal friend of both Jason and myself. The guy is um, one of the most neatest, interesting, wonderful people that we know. Um, huge amount of respect and, uh, and just uh, absolutely a joy to be around. Um, you're going to be uh, listening to our amazing guest, Jason Rink, today. Jason is the owner and creative director of Simply Film. It's a video production uh, agency that's based out of Austin, Texas. Um, he has worked with tons of A-list talent and celebrities. He's worked with Academy Award-winning actor Richard Dreyfuss, uh, as well as Senator Rand Paul, and Congressman and former uh, presidential candidate, Ron Paul. Uh, He has also worked with global brands such as Aston Martin, Toyota, Mazda. He's an award-winning producer and director of documentary films, and he is the director and producer of the amazing, unbelievable, I'm a little bit biased, This Is Nelson Nash. Um, That was a recent released uh, documentary film of our mentor, uh, R. Nelson Nash, who, uh, as you will come to learn and know is one of the most incredible human beings that we ever had the opportunity to meet. So we're super pumped about having Jason on uh, on the podcast today. Um, he's got a lot of uh, wonderful insight he's going to share with us and uh, let's get right into it. Welcome to another episode of Wealth Without Bay Street and our special guest, Mr. Jason Rink. And he's joining us today from Austin, Texas. I think of Austin, Texas. I think of blues music. I think of the late Stevie Ray Vaughan. I think of an incredible art and music scene. Welcome, Jason, to Wealth Without Bay Street. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's always a pleasure to sit around and and chat about all things with the both of you. We spent some time (laughs) on the road together and now on a podcast, so it's amazing. And one thing I think is super awesome, so for any of the listeners in here, what's beautiful is we were setting up for this is like one of the things I love about Jason Rink is that he is hardcore ready to go. Oh, yeah. And he's a creative guy, puts things together. And so we're trying to get our, our session set up here today. And we're trying to get the, uh, the, the video work and everything. And it's like, literally, he's, he's, he's in the travel podcasting studio right now. He's got the Yeti mic and the computer and the passenger seat of the van. And he's like in between appointments. And the commitment level of Jason <laughs> Rink to get things done is, I mean, it just kind of shows the, the quality and the caliber of the type of person you are, man. So I just appreciate it. And, and, and it gave me just uh, not only just a huge laugh, it's just uh, so cool to see that your commitment level to putting things like this together is awesome. Who keeps, who keeps a Yeti mic in their vehicle? Like that was, well, you know, <laughs> you got to be prepared for these things. You never know when you might well, you have know, an impromptu podcast interview. Well, that's, it's funny you'd say that because I, I used to have a Yeti has one, uh, one called the blue snowball. I used to have it in the center console of my Jeep at all times. So <laughs> I was like, Always ready to do a recording or a podcast. You just never know, right? That would so, be anyway. That would be a lot of fun just to take a day and go through as many drive-throughs as you can with your <laughs> <laughs> the drive-through drive podcast. <laughs> 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 
Well, Jason, such a pleasure to have you. And uh, I thought probably a good place for us to begin would be to have you maybe share a little bit with our listeners. Uh, what, what keeps you busy? And talk a little bit about, you know, the great work that you're doing in, in your company and, and the people that you most love to, to work with. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been in the uh, video production world for about a decade. And I have a company, I actually have two companies right now. Uh, my main company is called Simplifilm, and we do video production for businesses of all kinds and entrepreneurs help them uh, launch video that generates uh, results and sales online for them. And, you know, I've worked with all sorts of different companies as well on the brand side of things um, from Aston Martin and Toyota. Um, and then on the online marketing side of things, work with some companies, um, Agora Financial, Palm Beach Research Group, Casey Research, all of these uh, companies here in the States that, that do financial publishing. So I've got kind of a broad number of clients that I serve. But um, one of the things I really love to do is work with small businesses and entrepreneurs uh, to help them leverage and use video in a more powerful way uh, to build their business because I just feel like entrepreneurs are heroes. Uh, entrepreneurs bring value and change lives with the products and services they have. And I think, you know, um, that's really a passion of mine. So I like to find uh, different clients who are up to, up to things and, and help them out with that. So that's what I'm doing uh, here in Austin, Texas. And it's great. Um, I love being there. And then um, I've also done a handful of, of documentary films along the way, uh, starting with a film in, in 2012 called Nullification, which is a political documentary um, down here about how the states have the right to push back against federal uh, legislation um, in the United States. And then most recently, the project that worked on with you guys, uh, this is Nelson Nash, the documentary on our, our hero and mentor, Nelson Nash. Nullification, the rightful remedy, I believe is the subtext of that film. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. I I would, uh, I would add to what Jason said about the, you know, the, the, the entrepreneur and I'll tell you, having experience, both of us having experience in working with Jason, one of the things that I really admire about his approach is his ability to really draw, to, to really round out the, the vision that you've casted for, a, for a, a project and his ability to really draw, really draw that out of you and to, to help you think through bigger ideas and, and, everything from, from camera angles to how it gets produced and the, the message that you're trying to convey in the project. And uh, it's just, it was such an incredible experience to, to work with Jason. And um, I just have to share, I mean, can't really emphasize that enough. Like it, what a great organization. And so for our listeners, regardless of where you're located, you know, geographically, that's a wonderful thing about planes, trains, and automobiles is that, you know, Jason and his team, are uh, mobile yeah. and just amazing work. Can't, can't speak highly enough. And, and people can check out, they can go to and have a look on YouTube. They can have a look at, you know, the documentary work that Jason Rink has done in his company. Well, and the, you know, the, one of the things I love to Jason is like, you know, 
you look at your, your personal website, your personal brand website, it's, you know, you're a brand storyteller. And I think that's such a definitive, uh, good description of who you are because, um, the ability to connect components together to, to, to draw a story in. And like, we live in a world today where, um, as consumers, myself, yourself, I mean, we all want to be able to work with, connect with people who, who bring their authentic authenticity or their authentic self into their, into their business and their practice. And, um, your, your, your ability to see that as things are developing, a lot of people, they think in terms of lists and like what needs to be get gets, get done, but you're able to take all that work and then compile it into a way where it blends into a story that's actually meaningful and has an impact. And so I, I've seen a lot of the work that you've done. I've been able to experience it personally and be a part of it. <clears throat> and it's, it's, it's astronomical. I mean, it's just really something incredible. And I think it's, uh, you, I'm just so excited about the growth in your business right now and what's, what's yet to come with it. Well, I appreciate uh, all the kind words. And uh, one thing I, I'm just really excited about or committed to right now is, is we live at an amazing time, especially just to be an entrepreneur uh, or a business to be able to take your message and your, you know, your solution directly to your perfect customer. You know, every one of us has got a video studio in our pocket and a television in our pocket. I mean, literally, you can use your iPhone to get your message to the screens in people's pockets and do that through social media online. The level of, of ability to target and retarget and follow people around the internet with a, with a, with a product or an offering. It's, it's just, it's incredible. And so I just always uh, like to find entrepreneurs that are, are in businesses that are doing something significant that are making a difference uh, and an impact in people's lives. That's really who I like to work with. And it's one of the reasons why I like to work with and talk to uh, people who are in the uh, infinite banking uh, and whole life insurance world. Um, you know, I think they, what you guys are doing and the people who are doing it in the States who are doing it uh, the right way, like Nelson Nash taught is just one of the most unknown hidden secrets of financial freedom uh, and power. And that's, that's why I like working with agents and why I wanted to work on the Nelson Nash project is to just see how we can take that message more directly to more consumers to get the word out on this thing uh, that's made such a difference in my life and my business. Well, you, you know, Jason, uh, what we're talking about when, you know, hearing Nelson Nash and talking about this process that, that we educate the general public on of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, our Nelson Nash, the pioneer, the founder, the developer of uh, the, the process. Oh my goodness. You know, we, we could spend episode upon episode just sharing with folks the, uh, the incalculable impact that he's uh, he still has, uh, you know, sadly having lost him in, in March of this year, and so, Jason, you've been a part of the community of authorized infinite banking practitioners through, through the Nelson Nash Institute. And Richard was sharing earlier about the annual think tank conference and having you there. And so, Richard, maybe share with our listeners what, where yeah. you were going with that. Right, right before we kind of got started and went live here, I was just you know, thinking back to how we kind of got connected. And the first time I met you, and I, and I, I don't remember, it might have been 2011 or 2012, and 
Um, and, and you were there and I, and, and you're, you're an interesting kind of guy, you know, you've got this super cool vibe about you as a, as a person that draws people in. You, you naturally want to go up and talk to Jason. He just seems like he's, he's thinking about something. He's got something on his mind. Like you kind of want to go up and talk to that guy. So I don't remember what the circumstance was. It might've been at one of the dinners or luncheons and we kind of got connected and then you're, we got to talk and you, and you started talking about Ron Paul somehow. And I'm like, I'd been following some stuff of Ron Paul's, you know, even from, from Canada. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, yeah, well, actually I, I wrote the unofficial biography of him. I'm like, pardon me. <laughs> and so like the next day you, you brought me this signed copy, which I still have, by the way, of that, of that book. And it's a phenomenal. Awesome book. I read it like the whole thing on the plane on the way home. And uh, I just kind of, you know, got an instant kind of connection with you on, on that. And, and then it was that same, that same day that you were actually up on stage at our conference, which was interesting because this is a conference that's designed for the financial professional primarily. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it has been opened up on odd years to clients and general public. But for the most part, it's designed for industry members. And you know, you're not a person in the industry. You're, you're a filmmaker. You're, a, you're, a, you're an awesome, amazing brand storyteller and marketing guy. And yet you're at this event. And then subsequently, you're always at the event. <laughs> so like this, this think tank <laughs> conference draws you back in all the time, but yet you're not a part of our industry. And it's, it's, there's something so unique and wonderful about that. And I've asked you about this a couple of times. And I, I love the way that you describe what it is about the, the, the group of people, the network of people, the, the process, the, the concept itself that keeps bringing you and drawing you back into that environment. So if you could speak to that, I just think it would be really valuable for our listeners. Well, yeah. And, you know, I, I am kind of a strange bird in that before I, I started my own video production company, um, I spent 10 years in commercial banking. Uh, so I was in equipment financing uh, and that really just didn't align for me. I, I, I always wanted to have a production company. I went to film school and for whatever reason, it's a, another day, a podcast for another day, I ended up in commercial banking and finance. And I found myself at uh, Chase Bank in 2007 and 2008 when the financial crisis was beginning. And at that same time, I had connected with Ron Paul's message uh, here uh, when he was running for president in 2008. And it was just through a series of, uh, you know, videos and, and listening to him talk and about the Fed and about his monetary system. You know, here I was in commercial banking and what he was talking about, about how the Federal Reserve work and money and the history of money, I didn't know any of that. In fact, I didn't know any bankers who were working with uh, high-level clients. I mean, we were working with, you know, multimillion-dollar-a-year companies, and these commercial bankers didn't know this stuff, you know? And so it, I just had this realization that most bankers are just like salespeople, and <laughs> there's this thing called the financial system that's like getting ready to collapse, and why is that? And so that whole journey just took me into wanting to learn about the Federal Reserve and then Austrian economics. And, oh, wow, there's this whole, there's this group of people that's been talking about the boom and bust cycle and all of this. And, and so I've got this financial background and I, I sort of took the red pill of, of Ron Paul that opened me up to the, this Austrian economics thing. And through all of that, uh, what's really interesting is it was during that season of time that I was first exposed to uh, the message of Nelson Nash. And what I found was that 
over a series of years, uh, it was my sort of traditional financial knowledge I had from 10 years in the banking industry that made it really difficult for me to grasp some of the very simple things that Nelson was trying to describe. And so it took me three years of looking into it, reading the book, talking to people before I really connected with what Nelson was trying to say. And so, you know, it's just like Nelson always said, it was sort of my traditional, you know, uh, education that had created a blind spot for me. And, uh, So all of that to say is that, you know, I was on a journey for a number of years uh, that eventually once the lights came on for me, um, I couldn't uh, sign up for a policy quick enough. And it was it was subsequently after that that I found myself at that that first think tank, Richard, where um, I was really there trying to explore, you know, if there was an opportunity for me to take my gifts of film and storytelling to get this message out there more because I thought, man, there's just a lot of people who aren't going to read this book. We live in a culture where people don't read books. And is there a way for us to maybe create something that would be a short video that might get people interested um, and have more questions maybe? And so that's, that's what led to the initial collaboration with the Nelson Nash Institute, um, a good friend of mine, James Nethery, uh, with a product or a video called Banking with Life, which was the reason I was speaking at that event you mentioned was because I was sort of presenting that that film there. Uh, but yeah, that's which is um, awesome, that by was the way. I, great movie. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. And and you know, I, I think we made that in 2012 or 2013 or something. So, uh, but yeah. So one thing that really I loved about the community too of of the life insurance agents say, number one, something's got to be wrong with me to like be a filmmaker. And yet here I find myself at this uh, convention of life insurance agents every year. You know, what is up with that? And uh, one thing that just stuck out to me is I kept hearing this story from these different agents in the Nelson Nash Institute, you know, the ones who are affiliated with the Nelson Nash Institute they would always say, you know, I, I found out about the infinite banking concept and I, I was in this particular career, you know, they had some corporate job or whatever. And well, yeah. And then I got my first policy and well, then I just couldn't stop talking to people about it. And finally I just got licensed and now I'm an insurance agent. And they changed careers to become a life insurance agent to tell people about this concept. And I thought to myself, that is the strangest thing I've ever heard. I've never run into an auto insurance agent who was like, yeah, I had this other career and now I'm selling auto insurance or, you know, any other insurance. And so that was one of those things always sticks out to me uh, about this crowd. It's like, man, there's something about this concept and this idea that, and, and the desire of the people that are within this community to serve other people and help other people financially. It's just tremendous. Well, you know, we, we want to give a big shout out to our good friends, James Nethery, Ryan Griggs, um, Banking with Life. Uh, they have a wonderful podcast as well. It's phenomenal. <clears throat> and so we encourage, yeah. you know, listeners to, uh, to tune into that and, and to um, consume that content because it's really, really good. And, you know, Jason, thank you for sharing all of that part of your journey 
And speaking of, you know, storytelling, like you're, you're well-traveled and you've done a lot of projects and a lot of different, you know, um, areas. And so would you mind sharing with our listeners one of the most impactful moments for you on, on, you know, during your travels and, and all the projects that you've worked on, what is a, uh, an impactful moment that stands out to you and maybe just share that with uh, folks who are listening? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I'll go with what's fresh and what's obvious right now to the, when speaking to the two of you is, you know, first of all, uh, when we, the three of us got together to create the documentary, this is Nelson Nash a little over two years ago, around two years ago, uh, we had no idea when we sat down for those first sets of interviews at the end of 2017, early 2018, that uh, when that film was released, that Nelson will, would have graduated, that he would have passed on. Yeah. And so, first of all, you know, Nelson is somebody I consider a friend, a mentor, a uh, mentor not only financially, but in living a life of integrity. Uh, in my Christian faith, like so many, so many ways to have the, uh, the honor to spend quality, intimate time with him in what would be the last, you know, 18 months of his life, um, speaking to him, you know, I, I just, I feel like that was just a, a gift from God and from Nelson and, and from you guys, like all of us coming together to be able to do that together was, was incredible. That was, you know, so, a pretty, pretty special moment. Well, and, and it's, yeah, and it, it's yeah. a series of unbelievable moments, really, because we were down there filming for you know, the better part of a week. And, uh, you know, I think about those times fondly. And, it's, and obviously, I, I think uh, I reflect regularly upon the time with Nelson specifically, but it's not just that. It, it was the whole, um, the whole aspect of the project. And, you know, times when we were in the van traveling to and from Nelson's house or David's house or, or wherever we were going or some of the time, you know, uh, where we would go out to one of the restaurants and we would just have so many laughs that literally... <laughs> Eugene's Fried Chicken Eugene's in fried. Birmingham, if anybody is listening, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, we're putting chicken. in a free plug for yeah. Eugene's Fried Chicken. That what was an incredible the, night. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they think that we're the craziest lunatics when we go down there because we were just literally almost on the floor you know, spitting our guts out loud the whole time. And, and, and so, but it, what it became, it was, it was something bigger. It was like bigger than any one of us. It was bigger than, yeah. than us all together as a group. It was something that was, uh, you, you just knew there was something, you know, you, you, I've heard about this thing before in the past where people were a part of a project, like a film project or whatever, and they talk about the magic of it. And I didn't really, I never really understood that exactly. And I never thought about it much. But after being a part of that experience, I, I like I just completely get it now. I understand what that, that feeling is all about. Yeah, yeah, it was, and, and you know, it's funny. One thing that that Nelson had, Nelson reminds me a lot of another person that I was able to spend some time with. Uh, is I was able to interview and spend time with Ron Paul um, on more than one occasion. And, you know, Ron Paul really inspired me in many ways. Uh, and one thing that I noticed about, about Nelson and Ron Paul, they're both men of deep integrity. Mm -hmm. And one thing that, that those gentlemen both taught me is that when you live a life of integrity, it gives you 
a a power you're able to have a power and an impact in other people's lives and in the world in a way that's almost supernatural. I don't know what it is about uh, living our lives in such a way where we, we embody the truth that we profess, but there's something that happens when we do that, that we're able to touch and impact people more powerfully than, than if we have sort of an incongruence in our lives around what we profess and how we live. Yeah. And Ron Paul definitely is somebody that I spent some time with, worked with on a couple of projects. And he, again, just um, uh, a great guy, um, so full of wisdom, knowledge, grace. And uh, so I've had the honor of working with him, and that's been really, really incredible uh, as well for me in when, where my work's taken me. And I think how we become receptive to and build strong relationships with people that have a mentoring impact on our lives is where Nelson shared uh, the arrival syndrome mm. and sharing that, you know, if you, if you feel, if you really feel as though you've arrived in knowledge that you've learned everything there is to know that you can't be taught anything new, he would always say it's all downhill from there. And I yeah. find it, some of the fondest memories that I have of Nelson is that every single time I knew I was going to be speaking with him, I was super excited to learn something new and completely receptive to that. And that is just one tiny, tiny element of how that man impacted people. And he, it was just an instant, if you're receptive to it and he would teach and you would take, some time to ruminate on it, as he would say. And then he knew you would come back to him and circle back with him and say, I get it. I get what you were sharing with me, you know, a week ago when we were having a discussion, I've really been thinking about it. Here's where I'm at. And he would say, all right, all right, you got it. You know? And so thank you for bringing up some, some great memories of, of Nelson, uh, Jason. And on, on the topic of Nelson, I'm curious, you know, so can you think back maybe Jason and just to share with our listeners, um, you know, obviously you would have read Nelson's book before you met Nelson. Do you remember the first time that you maybe got a copy of the book and, and going through it? What were some of the, what were some of the things that stood out for you? Um, if you reflect back upon that and what book? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you know, I did, I got a copy of becoming your own banker. And I believe this is how it went down for me is I did this film called Nullification, The Rightful Remedy. And at the time I had a nonprofit and we were sponsoring this tour around the country with, a, with an organization called the 10th Amendment Center. Uh, and it was called Nullify Now. And we were going to all different states in the US um, on a speaking tour. And we would have a couple hundred people come out to each city. And uh, eventually I had my film out. And so I was, uh, had a table where my film was there and I would talk to people afterwards. And we had some sort of miscount when it came to the tables at the event. And so there was a guy who had paid for a table, but we just sort of didn't have all the tables. So what ended up happening was I ended up giving up my table and saying, Hey, here, you, you have this table. Can I just put my movies on the side of it? You know, can I just get a little corner for the movies? And that guy, that guy's name was James Nethery. 
and we were doing it in Fort Worth. And so that's how I met James. What and, a small world. And this is, yeah, this is my recollection of how it went oh. down. James might have a different recollection, but I believe this is how it went down. And so I started talking to him and that's how I actually, um, that's not where I, where I heard about the infinite banking concept, but it was sort of like, um, it was where I heard about it again to where I started to pay attention. And it, I walked away from that time with James with a copy of the book. And so, you know, it's just like many times whenever you um, have your mind open to a new idea, it's not the first time you hear about it that it takes. It takes several times. James was somewhere in that journey for me, but he was the place where the idea started to stick. And so I picked up the book and I started to read it. And I, uh, I can remember thinking, hmm, I don't totally understand everything here, uh, but some of these ideas are interesting. And I read it again, and, and then I would call James up. We'd talk about it a little bit here and there. And so that journey went on for a while for me. Um, James was very patient with me, uh, but then it, I think it was about two years, eh, a year, a year or and a half probably after that time that I actually ended up getting my first policy because I got to a place where I realized that I, in order for me to really understand it, I was going to need to start practicing it. I just learned enough from the book to know that there was something there and you know what? I needed life insurance. So I'm going to exercise a little bit of faith here. I'm going to set this up the way that James instructs me to do it. And I'm just going to start practicing the concepts in the book. And I can absolutely say what's been true is that, you know, as I've practiced the concept over the last five years, six years, I've seen the power of it that I couldn't have seen just thinking about it, studying about it, talking to people about it. Yeah, it certainly is transformational. It's something else, man. And so thank you so much for sharing that. And you, know, you talked about now being uh, practicing this yourself in your own life. And obviously you're a business owner, your business requires a lot of travel or requires equipment and you have, uh, uh, you know, assistant, staff members, that sort of thing, contractors you work with. What, uh, you know, what kind of examples come up for you, I guess, you know, thinking about just the nature of growing a business, which anyone who's listening to this that's ever grown a business before know that, that, that that's complicated. Um, where have you seen that the policies that you have and, and, and integrating the concept in your life has become, um, you know, a, a unique proposition that you've seen it's like it's true value in incorporating it into your life and in your business? Well, you know, I didn't come from an entrepreneur family, didn't have any formal entrepreneur training. Uh, I've learned much about being in business from books and talking to other entrepreneurs like many people have. And one thing I didn't know was how valuable access to capital would be at every stage of my business. And that you is know, su that's I such also, a key thing, Jason, what you just said. Yeah. That is such a key thing. Could cash you expand on that? Is the life, yeah, cash flow is the lifeblood of small business. And small businesses close many, many times because they just run out of access to capital. Like, there's small businesses that if they just had enough capital to get them through the next couple of months, you know, things could turn around, change on the other side of that. Like, the ups and downs of cash flow can just, just they can be difficult to to navigate and i didn't know that getting into business and so 
I've experienced many, many times over the past several years where the uh, my whole life insurance policy has been there to, you know, that access to capital at a moment's notice to pay staff, to access equipment, to uh, pay taxes, to access it for everything. Every business need I've had, I've been able to use my policy for and repay that uh, over the course when the cash flow is, is high and replenish that. And, and it's just, it's just been crucial. Um, I don't, my, I wouldn't be in business today if it weren't for how I structured that policy and started to build that bank when I didn't need it. And, uh, the, the other thing I would say about that is, you know, prior to me ever doing like, um, you know, a half a million dollars in revenue in my business. When I was doing less than that, cash flow wasn't as big of a problem. But once I started to actually pay other people and expand, it was interesting to me that I, nobody ever told me that as I would make more money in my business, that I might actually take less home <laughs> and, and, you know, that these expenses would grow. And like, things just got way more complicated once I was starting to become more successful. We, we share I with, didn't know that that was going to happen. We share with people all the time that it's tough enough running a business with money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100%. And that is just, you know, what you just described there, Jason, it, it's, again, it's something that's so important for our listeners who, who are in business. Maybe, maybe you're just, you know, maybe you're just hitting your stride or maybe you're just getting started and, you're, you're thinking about that big vision and recognizing that, you know, your cash flow isn't, it's not something that's an, is automatically going to keep pace with you as you're, as you're growing and expanding the business, having this wonderful process that we've been talking about here, becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Jason just talked all about ease of access to money, having capital when opportunity showed up, being able to take care of overhead, staff, et cetera, ready access to capital. No conversation about, you know, whether or not the life insurance policy makes sense or, <laughs> you know, all of, the, all of the anatomy of the insurance contract. Nelson told us so often that this process has absolutely nothing to do with life insurance. Jason just shared with us all the reasons. All the, yeah. And so that, that was a, just a great overview. You know, I was thinking about... Um, you know, if you were to leave some, some of your, your newfound wisdom as a successful business owner to some of our listeners, and I, I, I kind of had this question I was thinking about, and if you were to go back, you had a time machine, you were going to go back in time, and you were going to slap uh, the ex-banker, Jason Rink, from 10 years ago in the face and wake him up and give him a clear, direct path, some kind of a, I want to short track, you know, your next 10 years of your life what kind of wisdom would you bestow upon him about, uh, about thoughts around your business and that sort of thing to maybe help him get, get through all that stuff a little bit quicker? Well, I'll tell you the first thing that I would do is I would go back to uh, myself in 1998, I believe it was, when my grandfather died and left me about $40,000. Uh, instead of paying off a bunch of bills, student loans, Car, car debt, I would have started a properly structured whole life policy if I'd have known about it back then, back in 1996 with that money that I got from my grandfather. 
be the wow. first thing I would do different because wow. now I understand what a difference that would have made in my financial world versus anything else I could have done with it. I could have put it into a little piece of real estate or what. No, nothing compares to whether what I would do. I know exactly what I would do with that. It's the first thing I would do. <laughs> <laughs> second thing, second thing that I would do is I would uh, go back and I would structure my policy a little bit uh, to accept a little bit larger amount of windfalls in it than I did. Mm. Uh, I've heard people say before that you always wish you'd make your policy a little bit bigger. And that definitely be true. Um, when you, when you make, when you create that first policy, many times you're not quite sure what you're ready to commit to put in there, you know, every year. And, uh, it, it's a new way of thinking about your money and about building capital. Uh, and so I would have probably made my policy a little bit bigger. <laughs> so that's the second thing. Um, and then I would say the other thing that I would say to myself uh, as a business owner is to be very hesitant to take on more overhead or to be cautious about taking on overhead buildings, uh, expenses, and questionable employees. That would probably be the other thing because the, what I've seen as far as uh, sapping cash and cash flow is it's those fixed expenses and personnel many times that becomes that, that can become that anchor if you haven't uh, really created a business case for those expenses. That every expense you bring on should have some sort of an ROI to it that you can really measure. Um, and again, that just goes back to the conversation of cash flow. Like I just now see that cash flow is really so critical at every turn in your business. Um, one thing I did learn when I was in equipment financing, I used to say this to businesses. This is before I understood the infinite banking concept, but when I was back at Chase Bank, I would say to business owners, you know, um, they would talk about spending cash on equipment. And I would say, don't spend cash. You want to go ahead and finance this equipment because every dollar of cash you reinvest into your equipment will generate, you know, 13 to 18% return. I had some statistic I would tell them. And one thing now I really realize is, I, you know, that was sort of a sales pitch back then. Okay. And so what I'm clear about though now is that um, my business and myself like is the number one asset. It's the number one ROI generating asset in my life and that I have control over. And so one thing I really realized is that the infinite banking policy paired with uh, building a business, the power of those two things coming together, generating revenue um, and cash flow and having a place to put that to grow and access it, like it's the most powerful like one-two punch to make sure you are leveraging the value of your most valuable asset, which is yourself and your business. Wow. The one-two punch. The one-two punch. <laughs> I love that. And on that note, so Jason, you, you mentioned the word hero earlier in uh, the podcast. And, you know, one of the things that we share on each one of our episodes is we talk about that, you know, not all heroes wear capes. And you might not think of yourself as, as a hero necessarily, but every time that you create value for others, 
you're benefiting people and you're making life easier or better for them in some way. And you've really done a great job identifying the, the key audience that you love to create value for. And when you do that, you know, you really focus on the most crucial people in your life and really helping them grow their capabilities and you're growing your own at the same time. And so my question to you, Jason, is who do you want to be a hero to? Well, number one, I've got a 19 year old son and I'm working to be a hero to him every day. Uh, and I would encourage anybody with kids <laughs> to recognize that, uh, even though your kids might not always say this or express this to you, but they often view you as a hero. Um, and I'll speak specifically to dads because that's my context, but our kids often see us as heroes and we don't even know it. And we can uh, really, we can be very powerful in our kids' lives when we uh, live a life of integrity with them and we are, uh, we honor our word and they can count on us. Then that, that turns us into a really incredible hero for our kids. Uh, so that'd be true for, for my son, for my wife as well of almost 21 years. And uh, I, would, I would say that the other people that I would want to be a hero for really is, and, and why I love working with small business owners, is I would like to be able to help small business owners and entrepreneurs. You see, when I left commercial banking 10 years ago, it's because I had an entrepreneur's dream. I was in work that didn't align for me. And I had the spirit of entrepreneurship in me and I needed to express it. And I love talking to other uh, people and people who've got an entrepreneurial dream uh, to help them achieve it. And as entrepreneurs, we never have that dream to become a slave to our own business. We have that dream because we want to have autonomy and freedom and, you know, have, have wealth and all of those things. And what I found is that many entrepreneurs end up becoming uh, slaves to their business. It doesn't change a whole lot. They're just, they're just slaves with their clients. And so I want to be on, uh, a hero to other entrepreneurs. Uh, the way that I do that or want to do that is to help them scale and build their business, either through what I can help them understand and, and how, to, how to run their business more efficiently or how to uh, replicate and clone themselves through video content that can get them to their marketplace uh, more effectively. So that's all. That's, those are all, that's a, <laughs> all, only those people I want to be a hero to, right? Well, <laughs> you know, if we, if we can get, uh, if we can, you know, pin down permission from the Foo Fighters to have the hero song playing at the end of each one of our podcasts, that would have been a perfectly fitting time. Jason, we appreciate you and we're so grateful that you joined us here today. Thank you for being with us and our listeners. Yeah, man. Thank you anytime. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate you inviting me on guys. And uh, Jason, you know, we'll probably put a couple things in the show notes here. We'd love to, um, you know, for you to just share again where, you know, someone wants to connect. They want to learn more about uh, Simple Family. They want to learn more about the amazing Jason Rink. Um, you know, other than, of course, checking out the unbelievable documentary film, this is Nelson Nash which is phenomenal. Where would you suggest, where would you want people to go to, to try and do that with you? Yeah, people can find me at jasonrink.com uh, and uh, they can get to my various websites from there or you can find me on social media as well. If you are friends with these two characters I'm talking to right now, we're friends on Facebook and I love <laughs> chatting with people on Facebook 
and uh, I I always keep my feed very entertaining. Um, and and the Yeti mic in your vehicle. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, people can find me on social and uh, find me at my website, jasonrink.com. All right. I appreciate the epic, uh, you know, Austrian economics rap battles and things that you post from now and again on your feed. That's quite entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great time in Austin. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.